Probably the first thing I need to say is uh, whoever was speaking the first day that John came here was probably a handsome guest speaker. Couldn't have been any of us. Today, I just want to also just take time to, to thank everyone who's been involved with the, the service today, um, right from, from those who are baptized to, uh, to those who are, who are leading in other ways. Um, I get in a little later today. I get in about 10 to 8 today, and there are already tech people and worship team people here preparing for the service. And so I just want to, to thank you all for, for being such a, a great part of the service today. And as well, I feel like... Um, I mean, after the baptisms, after the worship time that we've had, I just don't want to mess up the service after this. It's been such a great service so far. But uh, anyways, we'll go on. Well, I'm Pastor Joe, just one of the pastors here on staff at River Cross, and I want to welcome you all here today. It's, uh, it's a long weekend. Uh, the weather has been great, and I know you could be lots of other places, but I'm so glad that uh, you're here with us here at River Cross very special welcome to those uh, online as well, and um, we hope that as you worship online too, that God will, will certainly wor- uh, meet you in, um, in any way that, that he can. So how has your summer been? Been a good summer? Okay, it's good. The weather's been pretty nice. We haven't had too much fog here in St. John. Um, I hope you've getting, gotten out to... Uh, uh, just to enjoy some of this beautiful city, have a change and a rest. My wife and I got out to um, the Fundy Trail yesterday and did a, a long hike on, on that, and it's one of the most beautiful places in all of eastern North America. If you haven't already been out there, please get a chance to, to go out and, uh, and view those uh, beautiful 11 kilom- more than 11 kilometers now. It's, uh, it's so great to have that in our, in our area here. Summertime's when a lot of people travel, um, it's also a time that a lot of people relocate, and, and this year I have to say that we have actually lost many Rivercross families who have moved to other parts of Atlantic Canada or other parts of Canada, but we're certainly um, so much richer in, in knowing them and being able to minister with them and to learn from them as well. But it's also been a time when many families have moved to St. John, and uh, many have, have chosen to, uh, to have Rivercross Church as their home. I never ever want to put anybody on the spot, but I just want to take a chance, I guess. If you started attending this church in 2022, any time in the last eight months, could you just raise your hand? 2022. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Thank you. And that also includes uh, many people over in River Kids as well, I know for sure. Well, this summer's been a very busy time for, uh, for my family as well. My daughter, Devani, and her fiancé, Adam, got married here in July. Uh, in October, my daughter, Jolie, and her fiancé, Cameron, will get married. Today, my son, Jake, and his wife, Kat, celebrate their first wedding anniversary. And in December, they will present to us our first grandchild. Okay. So it's a busy time. It's a good time. Maybe an expensive time. <laughs> <clears throat> Over the summer, we've been uh, talking about the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. So Pastor Rob was kind enough to, to let us choose our own topics right at the very first. And, and of course, um, we chose all the easiest ones. 
and we left all the harder ones for him to speak on, as you've probably noticed. And so today I'm speaking on one of the easier ones, but still in our world today, I think it's one of the most important ones, and it's on being a peacemaker. I want to begin today with a, a fictional story, okay? It's just, it's story time, okay? Uh, one day, the most beautiful inhabitants on earth asked their very wise and kind leader to stop all the wars and bloodshed on the planet. It's simple, he said, I will destroy all weapons on earth and nobody will be able to fight anymore. It would be great, the people exclaimed. The leader took the necessary steps and all weapons were destroyed. There was peace on the planet for three days, while the majority of those who were prone to fight sought and could not find a weapon. When they understood they've lost it forever, they have made spears of young trees and they started to fight again. The leader heard this bad news. He said, do not worry. I will employ poor university students from all over the world to cut down all the young trees so they will not be able to fight. After two or three days of useless searching for young trees suitable for making spears, rebellious people started to cut down giant trees, making batons from them, and the bloodshed had started again. The wise leader employed giant machinery and wood chippers and destroyed all the big trees. Then humans made knives and swords out of metal. He then had all the metal destroyed. People made slings and began to throw stones at each other. It was necessary then to throw all the stones in the ocean. But then the peacekeepers began to worry. All the trees have disappeared. There's no more metal or stones. How do we live? How do we eat? There will be no vegetation left soon, and the people will die even without fighting. No, this is the wrong solution of the problem. So the wise leader, or maybe not so wise leader, felt like he had let the people down. The peacekeepers fell into despair. They did not know what to do. And then one clever child turned to the wise leader. I know what you should do. Help people feel how others perceive their actions. If one person hurts someone, let him feel the same pain. And if he brings joy to someone, let him feel the same joy. So no one will hurt the other because he will feel the pain immediately too and would have to stop. All people were inspired with the greatness of the child's thought and the wise leader recognized the wisdom of the child. Since that day, no one on the planet tried to hurt her neighbor because she would have to feel the same pain. People began to help each other because they liked the sense of joy they felt at this moment and they began to live in harmony and peace and joy. So as we begin a message on peacemakers, I thought this would be a nice story to tell, and certainly better than the story Pastor Rob told about used coffee cups, don't you think? <laughs> At least maybe after the service, people won't throw their used coffee cups in my office like they did to him. Okay, if I were to give you uh, just a simple overview of the Bible, it would be this. God created the heavens and the earth. Then he created humankind. They lived in the most beautiful garden ever, and there was peace. But then sin came into the world, and throughout the rest of the Old Testament, 
there wasn't much peace. A baby, but after that, after that time, with much bloodshed, much searching, a baby was born. A baby who came to bring peace to the world, and a baby who, in himself, is our peace. You can read all about it too, it's right here, and I'm sure you'll learn much more than I just told you. Today I'm speaking on Matthew 5, verse 9. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. We see it here in many languages. Let's, let's read this uh, scripture together in uh, several of the languages, just in your own language if you'd like, several of the languages that are there. Are you ready? God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. In 1982, Canada brought home its constitution. Some people may remember pictures of then Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau and Queen Elizabeth II, in her younger days, of course, signing the constitution into being. This document is our nation's vision of itself. It expresses what we hope to be, what we hope to become. In the same kind of way, the Sermon on the Mount is the constitution of the church, and the Beatitudes are its preamble. They describe the purpose of every law, the foundation of every custom, and the aim of every practice of this new society. This new society, or the church, being led and instructed by Jesus. What becomes quickly apparent, however, is that the Beatitudes turn the world's values upside down. It's a complete reversal of what is considered to be true in our own culture. The Beatitudes declare that the poor in spirit, the meek and the peacemakers, are those who are truly blessed. The people whom the world would see as pitiful, the mournful, the persecuted, are the very people Jesus claims are joyful. Every Christian is meant to be a peacemaker, both in the community and in the church. We should never seek to seek conflict or be responsible for it. Peacemaking is a really divine work because it means reconciliation. And God is all about reconciliation. He's all about peace. Through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, God brought us peace and reconciled us to himself. The peacemaker will carry the cross with their Lord because it was on the cross the peace was made. And now we're partners in Christ's work of reconciliation. And we're called the sons and the daughters of God. Do you notice in the Beatitudes that Jesus tells about uh, all the good things that we could do, all the good ways we could live in, in many certain ways. And then, and then there's, there's a benefit to that. There's one he says, like, if you live this way, you will be comforted. If you live this other way, then you will be pure in heart. If you live this way, you may get a free vacation. That may not be in there. Just seeing if you're awake. <laughs> There's lots of them there. But then when it comes to being peacemakers, he goes so much further. And he says, you will be called the sons and the daughters of God. The relationship is so much closer, so much more personal. So much, it's, it's like family when it comes to being a peacemaker. As we look at being peacemakers, I've broken things down into three different points. And the first one is this. 
We need to have peace with ourselves. It's difficult for us to be peacemakers in the world if our own lives are caught up in all kinds of strife. You are precious to God, and he's not looking for peace for everyone else. He wants peace for you. So what things might be keeping us from experiencing real and lasting peace in our lives? Do things like anxiety and depression steal your peace? You know, that's not the way that God meant it to be. And good counselors, along with the right medications, can make all the difference to experience more peace in your life. Sometimes there may be something from your past that's keeping you like feeling like you're not good enough. Everyone has a past, and God never intended for anyone to live, their, to live in their past. He's given us today, he's given us hope for the future, and we have the grace of God to cover and forgive any mistakes of the past. If something from the past is keeping you from living peacefully in the present, then I'd certainly encourage you to seek some help from a pastor or counselor or trusted friend. Is jealousy or lust or greed or a number of other things keeping you from experiencing the peace that God has meant for you? Then I would ask you to just take a hard look at what is important in your life, what you have been blessed with, and what kind of legacy you want to leave when you're gone. Peace doesn't just happen naturally. Sometimes we really have to work for it. We need to find it. We need to peel back the layers of the things that keep us from living a peaceful life. An articulate pastor could preach many sermons on the things that I just touched on, but that's not really my purpose today. I was reading a devotional a week or so ago, and uh, I believe this can really help in this present situation. If you really want to experience peace in our lives, then we need to spend time with the peacemaker. Matthew 11 says this, Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let, let the words of that verse really sink in. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Could you imagine how beautiful it would be if we could somehow learn to live lightly? If we could focus as much on living lightly as we do sometimes on living successfully, I believe we could discover true rest and peace. Okay, so we've talked about living at peace with ourselves. I believe the second part of being a peacemaker is living at peace with others and encouraging peace in every situation. We all know people in our life who are not very happy unless something is stirred up. There has to be some kind of controversy. There has to be something creating a bit of a kerfuffle. Don't get me wrong. There are times when some things need to be addressed. And hard conversations are not always peaceful. But there are times when you just have to let peace win the day and not disturb it with controversy or strife. Now, I'm sure we can also identify people in our lives who are great peacemakers, in our families, in our life groups or churches, even in times when there is some tension. When this person enters the room, everyone feels more at ease. They know how to interact with everyone involved, and they know how to come up with a solution 
that each side can live with. I want us to consider a, a few things that might help us to be peacemakers in some situations. Now, some of us come by it very naturally, and we, but we can all do things that can help calm a situation rather than inflame a situation. And the first one is this. Don't take the last word. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> okay? If you're in a conversation that might be a little inflamed or contain a bit of controversy, always let the other person have the last word. When the conversation seems to be over and someone says, I still think I'm right. <laughs> or, well, whatever. It doesn't matter anyways. I hate to surprise you with this news flash, but comments like this really doesn't help to, com to calm the conversation. The important thing is not who is right. Not at all. You're not going to get to heaven and God's going to say, yeah, you were right. <laughs> okay, the important thing is that there's peace in the relationship. Don't leave the other person frustrated. Be gracious. Do whatever you can to bring peace and unity to the relationship and with all others who may be indirectly involved as well. Okay? Will you remember that? Okay. That should be fa a fairly easy one, but you know, it might take some effort, especially if it's with a spouse or close family member. Okay, let me know how you make out, and I can tell you I told you so. <laughs> Just kidding. This section's really live here. That's <laughs> Okay, I've probably made some friends so far. The next one is hot-button topics. Okay, or maybe they can be words, or maybe they can be actions. In our house, the chair I usually sit in is by the window. My wife sits in the love seat right beside me, and my mother-in-law sits beside her. She was scared I was going to talk about her today. She's right over there. Everybody say, hi, mother-in-law, dear. And then, if, if Blair is visiting, he has his own seat as well. Now, one day, we really tried to mess with our kids, and we all sat in different seats. <laughs> it was really fun. If I might want to leave my chair and go to the kitchen for something, then I have to walk by my wife, who usually has her legs up on the footrests. Now, if I choose to tickle her feet on the way by, well, I know what the result will be. I am being... Uh, a disturber, okay? It will not end well. That's kind of a hot-button topic. You often know the topics or the comments or the actions that are going to get people around you upset. And if we get a little angry about something, if we can be tempted to use some of those topics or comments when, we're, when we get, get angry. And tell me just how does that help the situation? Things start to spiral kind of down from there, and then more comments are made, and more actions are done, or more comments are made, then someone calls the police, and, well, I hope it doesn't go that far. Anyways, use your words carefully. Tuck those hot-button comments or words or actions far away, and choose to be a peacemaker in the situation instead. Another thing that we can do in many situations is to do something kind or helpful that is really not expected of you. 
kind deeds, especially those that are unexpected or over and beyond what someone might expect, can really help to build up capital in a relationship that may help to extend peace and goodwill far into future situations. And one kind deed often leads to another. God also calls us to be peacemakers in the church. It's very unfortunate to say that the churches are not always known as the most peaceful places. Often there are divisions, differences of opinions, jealousies, to name a few. The church is made up of imperfect people, and sometimes people showcase that imperfection to the community by fighting and not getting along. It's unfortunate, but really it's the reality in a lot of situations. First of all, I need to say to you, thank you. River Cross is not a perfect church, nor is it staff. But I need to thank you so much for living in relative peace and unity in the way you do. It makes our work so much easier, and it displays our testimony to this community in a much stronger way. Thank you, thank you a million times, thank you. However, we have to be careful not to grow complacent. If we don't continue to hold peace in high regard, then we risk losing that peace, as well as our testimony within the community. How peace and unity be a priority in all you do, never compromising truth and love. And River Cross will be an even greater place to live and to grow, and an even stronger witness to our community. And thirdly, we need to have peace with God. When people are in their final days or weeks of life, you often hear it say that uh, they have made their peace with God. That's good and that's certainly wise. However, imagine what their life could be if they would have chosen to live each day within the peace of God. God isn't here just to see us from one life to the next. He's here to help us to get the most out of the life that we have here on earth. Think of the progression of Scripture. God created the heavens and the earth. He created humankind, and there was peace. Until sin came into the world, and then it complicated everything. But even then, God had a plan. Let's look at what the Scripture says in Luke chapter 2, the night Jesus was born in Bethlehem. An angel pro proclaims the good news of the birth of Jesus to some very frightened shepherds. But then a multitude, or a whole bunch, of angels appeared, and their message was this. Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Their message was simple. Glory to God and peace on earth. God wants us to live peaceful lives. And we can do that best by putting our trust in him, by worshiping him and recognizing his greatness and his love for us, by having our sins forgiven and living without guilt or shame, by living each day by knowing that God goes through those days with us and by having the joy of spreading his love, his kindness, his mercy, and his peace to others who may be struggling to find it. Our peace doesn't come at the time of our death. It comes throughout our lives 
giving us lives of fullness and freedom, lives of grace and peace. I'm going to ask the team to come back up now, just as I conclude. But I have two requests of you um, right now, just as I conclude today. First of all is this. If you want to discover more of what it means to live a life of peace with God, then please come forward for prayer at the end of the service, after the communion service today. And one of our church leaders will talk with you and pray with you. And you can always seek out one of the pastoral staff to talk with as well. And secondly, soon we will be moving into our communion service. Instead of a prayer at the end of the message here today, I want us to spend a moment in silent prayer, just as Josh provides some quiet music. Examine your own hearts before you take communion and see if you are the peacemaker that God wants you to be. Pray for some ways that you can bring more peace into your own lives, into your family's life, into your church family, or into the world. And examine your hearts and how you stand with God. May his peace live in us and through us as we seek to live for him. Let me conclude with with these words. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who destroy the barriers that separate people. Blessed are those who seek to end injustice and oppression. Blessed are those who lay down their lives to bring us peace with God. Go in peace, and may the peace of God go with you. May God give us the courage at all times to be peacemakers. Let's spend a moment in quiet reflection.